Matthew 21.1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. What a day. What a day that was. That, that's one of my favorite events in, in all the Bible. Probably because I, uh, I love winning. And this is a day of, of victory. This is a day when Jesus, at least for that brief moment, is being treated like he ought to be treated. No matter what had gone on before, no matter how he was, how he was you know, questioned and abused and, and, and all those kind of things in, throughout his ministry, even his life before his ministry, we don't know all those details. But this is the day when he was being treated as the creator God, as the savior that he is. So exciting to, to, to see what it would have been like had he been received as he should have been. Now certainly we know that all of the ways that he was treated all fall into the plan of God. You know, he had to be mistreated as he was. That was, that was part of the plan. But I love the fact that, that God gave him and us little glimpses of that victory. Glimpses of something that was going to be coming in, in a greater fashion, in a greater way later on. Because this triumphal entry, while it, it goes back to the, the announcement made by Zechariah, and that's, a, and that's an amazing part of this story, by the way. As Jesus came into, into Jerusalem this way, this was one of his great statements to the whole world. I am the one that they were talking about. I am the king that they're talking about. This is his, an, another one of his many declarations that he is the son of God, that he is the savior, that he deserves our worship and our praise. He is our creator, our sustainer. He is all of this. And this was a statement of that as he came into Jerusalem. He wasn't, he wasn't just doing this because he couldn't figure out a better way to get into town. He did this specifically because what Zechariah had wrote about 
what Zechariah was prophesying, that the kingdom of God was coming and that the king, the Messiah, was going to come, that Jesus was identifying himself clearly and directly as that king. And these people that gathered that day, these people that lined the streets, they recognized that. That's why they sang what they sang. That's why they shouted what they shouted. Hosanna, save us, Lord. Now, their, their view of salvation was more immediate than it should have been. They were expecting that right then, as Jesus was coming in, he was going to, was going to take over Jerusalem. He was going to free it from the, from the Romans, and he was going to defend them when the Romans came and attacked. That was all their, that, that's what they were thinking. They were looking for immediate salvation from the Romans. And what we see now is we look at the, way, at the way Jesus described his ministry prior to this. Again, not a lot of them were paying attention. And then as the apostles explained his ministry after he, after he rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, we recognize that his salvation is a lot better than just an immediate salvation, than just an immediate deliverance. Although he does that for us as well. And, and, and we can all attest to the fact that he's helped us in so many ways through our lives. He's brought immediate help to us. He's done that for, for God's people uh, from, from all the way back to the beginning. But more important than that immediate help is the fact that we can count on him to come into Jerusalem again, and this time from heaven, and this time gathering together all of his saints, all of his people, both those living when he, when he returns and those who are already in their graves, gathering us back together. To, to meet him in the air and to be with him forever. That's, the, that's one of the promises that this picture is, is reminding us of this morning as we think about Palm Sunday, as we think about that great day in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Him saying, I'm the one. I'm the one that was promised. I'm the one that's bringing salvation. And the salvation that I'm bringing is the forgiveness of sins, is eternal life, in my glory, both for this life, which, we, which as we talked about this morning, as, as Bill mentioned in, in prayer, um, as, as he welcomed us this morning, the peace that passes all understanding. That comes to us when we receive Christ. But part of that peace comes to us because we know where we're going. We know what he's going to do for us. We know that our sins are forgiven no matter what we've done. No matter how we've, how we've sinned against him and against people. And even against ourselves. That he has promised to forgive us all of our sins. And he can do that because he is the one who rode into Jerusalem on the colt of that donkey that day. Receiving praises, but identifying more precisely identifying himself as the one who brings salvation he's the one that we trust in he's the one that we gather together like this on sunday mornings to worship isn't it amazing that on this this great day in the in the history of the world that we look back and we read about it that we get to do the exact same thing that they did every time we get together. That he is just as much with us when we gather together 
as he was when he came into Jerusalem that day. Oh, even though they got to see him face to face and, and uh, some of them got to touch him and, and all those kinds of things. And they, and they had the literal, not the plastic palm branches, they had the real palm branches. And, uh, and they were really sacrificing their coats. You know, I got to put mine right back on. It doesn't have any donkey tracks on it or, or other things um, that it could. But we, but we get to do every week the very thing that they did that day. We get to announce the coming of the king. The one that was, that was told about hundreds of years before he came. In some cases, over a thousand years. The statement that Moses made in Deuteronomy 18 that, we, that um, Dan read this morning. That there, there was going to be coming a prophet like him, like Moses. And do you see what the people said about Jesus? When, when others were asking, who is this? They said, oh, he's the prophet. That's a direct reference back to the prophet that was going to be coming. The prophet that was going to come like Moses, who brought salvation to the Israelites, took them out of Egypt, out of slavery, and brought them right up to the promised land before he handed over the reins to, to um, Joshua, Yeshua, to give them the rest, to, to, to bring them into the land. All of those things took place to get people ready for what Jesus was going to do, to bring, to bring this, to their minds these things when they see Jesus coming into town on the colt of this donkey. They're supposed to be saying, oh, wait a minute, that's what that was about. That's what Moses was talking about. That's what Zechariah was talking about. That's what King David was talking about. That's what Isaiah was talking about. And on and on, through all the prophets, they all pointed to Jesus. They all pointed to these events in the life of Jesus to let us know that we have good reason to believe in him. There there have been lots of times throughout history when people have been been persecuted and and have suffered loss because of their belief in Jesus Christ. And a lot of people look at, at, at them as they suffer and they, and they go through that persecution. A lot of people say, man, if they would just deny Jesus, and he's not even here, even if he's real, he's not even here, he's not helping them any, why don't they just deny and, and live a better life? And we're, we're facing some opportunities like that ourselves uh, in the coming days probably. And this day, this Palm Sunday event that's described so beautifully here by Matthew. It's given to us through Matthew the Apostle to give us strength, to give us a ground of of faith, a a place to, to look at, to strengthen our faith, to say, wait a minute, this is true. Jesus is who he said he was. He proved it on days like this, on days like Palm Sunday, when he fulfilled those things were written about him in the Old Testament. These things give us encouragement to continue on in our faith, no matter what others around us might say. No matter what others around us might accuse us of. No matter what others around us might think of us and the fact that we believe in these things. We thank God for Matthew and the other apostles who wrote these things down for us who put these stories together to remind us. And remember, this happened on a a particular Sunday in Jerusalem. 
This really took place. And we look back to these things to be encouraged in our faith. To remember this is true. Jesus is the one that we sing about. Jesus is the one that the word of God talks about. He fulfilled all of those Old Testament passages to remind us that he can be trusted in all the promises that were still waiting to be fulfilled. If he rode into Jerusalem like this, as it was prophesied back in Zechariah, that he's going to do the same, as he promised, as those angels told his disciples when they watched him ascend into heaven and they said, hey, what are you guys looking up here for? The same Jesus who just left is going to come back the same way. We can trust that. We can know that's going to happen. Just as surely as Palm Sunday happened, that day is coming. And the reason all of these things matter to us goes back to this day and the reason he was coming into the city. He wasn't just coming for this demonstration of his deity, of his fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. He was also coming into the city that day to begin the week that was going to change everything for all of us who believe. Because it was this particular week that starts with Palm Sunday that takes us to the Last Supper where Jesus met with his disciples and told them the things that were to come. And again reminded them that all these things were happening because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. He said that in the Last Supper. He said that as he was sharing with his disciples because they needed to understand that there was a reason that the next few days were going to happen. They need to understand that. They need to be able to look back to that event and say, oh, okay, it was, it was hard while it was happening. And can you imagine how difficult it would have been? Because after he finished the, Lord, the, the Last Supper, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And you remember what happened there. First, he prayed that great prayer. Father, if there's another way for this to happen, if there's another way for salvation to come to these people, I would be all for that right now. As he was thinking about the pain that he was about ready to undergo. Not just the physical pain, but also the spiritual pain of bearing the sins of the world and facing even that momentary separation from the Father. And we don't understand how that happened, but, but there was that moment when he was separated because of our sins being put on him. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he shared that in prayer, but he said this, not my will, but yours be done. And then those, that, those soldiers came to arrest him, led by Judas, one of his own disciples. And you remember what happened? He said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And when he said, I am he, those soldiers all fell down on their backs. Flat on their backs. The power of God in their midst. When he said, I am. Identifying again with I am of the, of the burning bush. You remember that story? I am. Moses said, who should I say send me? I am that I am. And Jesus identifying as that same person, that same God, those soldiers fell flat on their backs. But he let them get back up. And remember this, when you're thinking this week about, the, about Good Friday and about what took place on the cross, remember, he laid his life down. 
he let those soldiers get back up and take him to his trial, if you want to call it a trial. He let them get back up. He could have kept them down. He could have walked away. He could have ascended back to heaven right then. But he knew what needed to happen. That's why he came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, because he knew what needed to happen. He needed to go to that cross. He went through that mockery of a trial, being insulted by Pilate, being insulted by Herod, being insulted by the soldiers that were, that were leading him around and dressing him up and pulling his beard out and spitting on him and putting that crown of thorns on his head. He endured all that and the scourging that we can't even imagine. Something so inhumane that, that many died just from that. And then made to carry his cross through the, the city, his favorite town, lined by some of the same people that were raising Hosanna palm branches, calling out, what are you doing? Why, why, are, you, why are you letting this happen? And he went to the cross. And again, laid his life down. Remember, he could have done the same thing to the soldiers that were crucifying him that he did to the ones that came to arrest him. He could have flattened them right out. But he allowed them to put those nails into his hands, into his feet. He allowed them. And even as they were doing it, remember what he said? Again, reminding us of his character the same character that, that instead of riding in, into town in a great white steed, rode in on the colt of a donkey. The Savior. The humble servant Savior. Do you remember what he said to the Lord, the, his father about the guys that were nailing those, those spikes into his wrists and his feet? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What he was doing was for those guys. He made those men. He's the one that, that gave conception to those men in their mother's wombs. He's the one that gave them life. And he's now giving them an opportunity for real life, for rebirth, to be born again through faith in him. And you remember what one of those soldiers said? after Jesus died on that cross, having watched all the things that took place, having hear, heard the words of Jesus leading that one, that one thief that was hanging there with him, leading him to faith in one of his last breaths. He saw that and experienced that and heard Jesus pray for forgiveness for the very men that were, that were killing him. Do you remember what that centurion said? Surely this is the Son of God. He got it. He got it. See, Jesus was dying for him. He came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday for that guy and for lots of guys like him, people like us. Because just as, as that centurion's only hope was Jesus, our only hope is Jesus. And so we celebrate this morning 
Palm Sunday, Hosanna Sunday, Cloak Sunday. This day when Jesus came in victory, with this day when Jesus came as the reigning king, coming to save his people. We celebrate that today, not just for that moment, but for what that moment represents. For what that moment gives to us. For what that, for what that moment ushered in as he walked through that week. And doing all of those things for us. That we could put our trust in him and it would matter. See, somebody had to die. The wages of sin, according to Romans 6.23 and all the rest of scripture, just put succinctly in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. If you sin, you must die. That's what that means. And Jesus said, if you believe in me, you don't have to die. Do you remember what he told Lazarus' sisters as they were mourning the loss of their brother? This is before Jesus raised him back from the dead. Do you remember what Jesus said? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. And whoever dies and believes in me will rise again. And then he he asked this question right after he said that. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's the key. Do you believe this? The jailer that was holding Paul and Silas um, prisoner, and the earthquake came and freed them, and they kept all the soldiers, all the, all the prisoners together, and instead of killing himself as he was about to, and, and Paul said, don't, don't harm yourself, we're all still here. Do you remember what he said? What must I do to be saved? Do you remember what they said? same thing that Jesus said to the sisters. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You know why? Because he did all this. He did all this. He did it. We didn't. Praise God, we don't have to die for our sins. We deserve that. We sinned against our maker. We sinned against our creator. We sinned against our savior. We sinned against our our sustainer. The very air that he gives us to breathe that makes our lungs work to give ox, you know, through our heart, oxygenates our body. And all that, kind of, that, that very same air we use to curse his name. We use to, to, to talk poorly of someone else. We sin against him. But we don't have to pay the price because he did all this. And this day of, this day of Palm Sunday was significant in announcing that, in letting us know and reminding us that he came to take care of us and our need. And our need is great, but we don't have to worry. That's why we can, that's why we can listen to the Apostle Paul say, be anxious for nothing. We can, we can hear that and say, you know what? He's right. We don't have to be anxious about anything because Jesus has it taken care of. He's forgiven me of my sins. He's given me the promise of everlasting life. Because the rest of Romans 6.23 says this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God 
is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what Palm Sunday is about. That's what Holy Week or Passion Week is all about. That he has promised eternal life to every single person who believes in him. Because he did these things. Because he is who he is. Nobody else could do this. Only the king who came riding on the colt of a donkey could do this. Only the prophet that Moses announced that said was coming, a prophet like him, only that prophet could do these things. Only the one who the soldiers would fall down on their backs to when he, when he called out his name, I am. He's the only one that could do this. Nobody else, as many people who have died, none of their deaths could do this for us. Only the Son of God. Only Jesus Christ who came into Jerusalem, receiving the praise. Did you notice he didn't tell the people not to praise him? Because he deserved it. They should have been doing this every time they saw him before. He deserved this. He didn't stop them. He received it because he was worthy of it. And only that worthy one could do all this work for us. His death is the only death that could do us any good. And it has done us good. So this morning, on this Palm Sunday, if you haven't put your trust in Jesus Christ, if you haven't believed in him as the one who did all these things for you, this would be an amazing day for you to do that. He's brought you here or put you in, in, in our internet world um, for a reason. To hear what this episode in his life was really all about. It was about you. It was about me. It was about our need for a Savior and that he is that Savior. The only one. He wasn't kidding when he told his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He wasn't kidding. He was serious. He was so serious. He died for that statement. He knew that. He came from the Father. He knew our situation. He'd been watching the whole history of the world. He knew how rebellious we were and we're going to be. And he did the only thing that anyone could do to do any good. And that is, he came and lived a perfect life and then died on the cross for our sins. Taking upon himself, receiving in himself the wages of our sins. Death. He did that for us. And so if you haven't received him yet, what are you waiting for? Receive him now and live the rest of your life for the glory of your king, for the glory of your creator, for the glory of your savior. However long that is, the thief on the cross that day, he just had about two minutes. We're probably going to have longer than that. We never know. Our, our days, our hours are in his hands. But like the thief on the cross, the moment we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, we will then have the opportunity to live the rest of our lives 
for his glory. And those of us who have already received him, can we remember? That's what our lives are all about. What those people were doing on the, on the sidelines that day, laying out their cloaks and, and raising their palm branches and shouting Hosanna, that's a picture of our lives. That's who we are now. That's what we get to do because of what Jesus has done. And it's not going to end when this life is over. We are going to spend eternity singing Hosanna to our Savior. So praise God that we have this opportunity now, not just to practice it, because what we're doing now is not just practice. This song, these songs, songs that we're singing, they're not just practice songs, although we are practicing. These are the real deal. Because he is worthy of our praise and we know him and we have the opportunity to sing and to live our lives in praise to him in everything that we do. That's what Palm Sunday is about. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the privilege of another Palm Sunday. Some of us remember 50 60, 70 years ago, celebrating Palm Sunday. And here we are at another one. And we thank you for its power. We thank you for its truthfulness. We thank you for the the realities that it reminds us of. We thank you for our humble servant, almighty God, Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray for those who are here and and, and tuning in with us this morning who are just now today sensing the need and the opportunity to become your child by believing in Jesus, by letting go those other things that they've been believing, that they've been trying and putting all their trust into the efforts of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for doing all that you've done. And for even now, sending your Holy Spirit to live in every single one of us who believe, including those who believe today for the first time. Father, help us to remember who you are, and what you've done for us in Christ so that we can live all of our days for your glory as the children of Israel that lined the streets that day demonstrated for us. Help us to live a life of Hosanna. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.